Today is Monday, October the 23rd, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. Two Americans have been released from a hostage situation that involved Hamas terrorists and Israel back on October 7th. Judith and Natalie Raynan are from the Chicago, Illinois area. They were in Israel to take part in a birthday celebration when the attack from Hamas into Israel took place. 59-year-old Judith and her 17-year-old daughter, Natalie, spent the past two weeks as hostages in Gaza until they were handed over to the Red Cross this past weekend. The mother and daughter are not yet on U.S. soil as a debriefing with U.S. and Israeli intelligence takes place. This coming Tuesday is Natalie's 18th birthday. Members at the synagogue outside of Chicago tell the Daily Mail that they hope to throw a massive birthday party celebration for the girl upon her return. The House Speaker vacancy continues into this week with new developments. The Republican conference met behind closed doors in which Jim Jordan was voted out as a Speaker of the House candidate. This comes after 22 Republicans refused to vote for Jordan on all three different ballots held last week. Florida Congressman Matt Gates contends that many of the establishment Republicans in Congress are upset with him and eight other congressmen for ousting Kevin McCarthy as a speaker and that they're taking out their rage on Jordan instead. In fact, over the weekend, Gates offered to let the enraged Republicans do whatever they wanted to him and the eight others, just so long as they supported Jordan as Speaker of the House. So we've made them an offer. The eight of us have said that we are willing to accept censure, sanction, suspension, removal, from the Republican conference. We, of course, will remain Republicans. We will continue to vote with Republicans on Republican principles. But if what these holdouts need is a pound of our flesh, we're willing to give it to them in order to see them elect Jim Jordan for speaker. That offer was not accepted. Instead, Jordan was voted out as a House speaker candidate. Now, there are nine Republicans who have submitted their names as a candidate for Speaker of the House, and that all happened before Sunday's deadline. Those candidate names include that of Alabama Congressman Gary Palmer, Byron Donalds of Florida, Tom Emmer of Minnesota, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Jack Bergman of Missouri, Mike Johnson of Louisiana, Dan Muser of Pennsylvania, Austin Scott of Georgia, and Pete Sessions of Texas. Voting within the GOP conference on who they prefer as a candidate should happen either this Monday or Tuesday. A political talk show on Apple TV that featured former Daily Show host Jon Stewart has now been pulled by Apple executives. Stewart was about to begin production for his third season of the show, which is called The Problem with Jon Stewart. However, a decision to part ways was announced. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Stewart planned to discuss artificial intelligence and the country of China, and this did not sit well with Apple executives who believe that the host's views should be more aligned with the company's views on certain topics. Stewart is reported as deciding to walk out rather than fall in line, so production has been halted. A federal judge has handed a big victory to Second Amendment supporters as a result of a lawsuit in the state of California. The federal judge overturned the 30-year ban in California on guns that are given the label of assault weapons, which is a purposefully vague and extremely redundant term, by the way. Judge Roger Benitez determined that the ban was unconstitutional and ruled that semi-automatic rifles in the hands of criminals and tyrants is dangerous but in the hands of law-abiding responsible citizens, is necessary in order to give full life to the core right of self-defense. Benitez also ruled just a few weeks earlier that the same state's ban on large-capacity ammunition magazines was also unconstitutional. California Governor and Democrat Gavin Newsom is very upset by this latest ruling, saying that weapons of war have no place on California streets. California Attorney General Rob Bonta has already filed an appeal to the Ninth Circuit Court. 
Well, there are new reports out there related to the COVID-19 vaccine and what else has been found inside the liquid contents. Several scientific researchers have tested the vaccines and found plasmid bioactive contaminants that were not identified or listed to regulators by the pharmaceutical companies that produce the vaccines, such as Pfizer and Moderna. This then categorizes those substances as contaminants and is a violation of the production process. Interestingly enough, the contaminants have been identified as the SV40 DNA sequence that has been named as a promoter DNA of cancer. Some doctors and researchers are certainly making the link between this SV40 DNA sequence and the exploding number of cases of turbo cancer that have occurred in the past two years, which coincides with the release of the COVID-19 vaccine. The inventor of the mRNA delivery system, Dr. Robert Malone, says that the Food and Drug Administration must pull the vaccine off the shelves immediately since it's now considered contaminated. Canadian Dr. Byron Bridal also released a Substack article about his findings in Canada. He spoke at the World Council on Health conference that was held last week. We know that these shots, so this is for Pfizer in particular, but we know these shots, the active ingredient is the modified RNA that gets used by our cells to manufacture the spike protein from SARS coronavirus 2, which is the causative agent in some people of the disease that we call COVID-19. And this lists all of the, what we call non-medicinal ingredients. And, and the whole point being that plasmid DNA is not supposed to be there. All right. Um, anybody who's receiving plasmid DNA in these shots, uh, they have never given informed consent for that. Uh, those of us who know the manufacturing process, I mean, we were assured that there would not be uh, plasmid DNA present. Um, certainly not um, in any substantial quantities. I plan to end this report each day this week with a snippet of an interview that was done all the way back in 1985 by Edward Griffin, who sat down and discussed psychological warfare with a Russian KGB defector, Yuri Bezemanov. Bezemanov detailed out what he was taught to implement by the socialist Marxists who were running the propaganda against the U.S. and essentially Western civilization. The main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of intelligence at all. According to my uh, opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process, which goes very slow, and it's divided in, in four basic stages. I will continue with those four stages of propaganda in the days ahead, and you can determine how much of that has already been implemented to its fullest here in U.S. culture. National Story Updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. Well, this week, True the Vote founder Catherine Engelbrick will be part of a trial that's held in a Georgia federal court. The group that is run by Stacey Abrams, called Fair Fight, 
along with attorney Mark Elias and the Biden Justice Department, are the plaintiffs who are suing True the Vote and five Georgia residents. Fair Fight is accusing True the Vote of committing a criminal act by sending digital files to Georgia counties regarding electoral accuracy. Catherine contends that this case is critical in defending every American voter's right to engage in good government. There will be a time of prayer this coming Monday night on True the Vote's channel, which is at Locals.com. That prayer ahead of the trial starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The trial will begin this coming Thursday. Catherine posted on Truth Social that it's been a long time coming. One of the news stories for today has to do with more contaminants found in the COVID-19 vaccine that pharmaceutical companies did not list to regulators during the vaccine production process, which therefore qualifies the substance as a foreign contaminant just by processing law. When it comes to COVID and COVID vaccines in general, Facebook has been notorious for censoring those who post on their platform anything that goes against the mainstream medical narrative. Now we're learning that Facebook's attempt to rival Twitter with their new app called Threads is starting out early on with similar censorship practices. Facebook, or Meta if you want to call it that, admitted to the Washington Times that it is blocking certain search terms on Threads such as coronavirus, vaccines, and vaccinations. Those words are lumped in along with other blocked words like sex, nude, gore, and porn. Facebook is also touting its new app threads as the sane version of Twitter. I personally think the better words to be used in this case would be censored and sanitized of any hard facts. And here's why. After recently reading about the discovery of DNA sequencing in the plasmid of the COVID-19 vaccines, this was all found by several researchers across the U.S. and Canada, I simply went on Twitter and typed into their search bar those scientists' names like Kevin McKiernan, Byron Bridal, or Robert Malone. In less than 10 minutes of searching, I was able to find video statements from Bridal about his research into the contents of the vaccine plasmid, and it was delivered recently to the World Council on Health. So within mere minutes, I was able to get audio form that I used in this report that had up-to-date facts and data on what legitimate scientists in the appropriate field of study are doing to find the truth and inform Americans and Canadians of what could be affecting their health if they got the jab or are considering getting a booster shot. This could also explain the latest increase of turbo cancer cases. So if those terms were blocked on Twitter like they are on Threads, Very critical information will never be accessed, much less read and processed, for future health decisions. So this is a vast and, quite frankly, dangerous difference between the two platforms at this point in time. In the name of managing misinformation, Facebook and the thread social media is actively putting its users into greater ignorance and therefore danger because it's refusing to provide them with any articles or posts that could cause the user to use critical thinking skills, reading comprehension, and analysis. It's also numbing and dumbing those users down to a type of consumer that is only taking in superficial topics rather than providing a platform where a person can dig deeper for knowledge and truth on critical areas like politics, government, your health, and how to maintain freedom in a republic that is now experiencing the censorship levels of socialist Marxist countries. The goal of Open Inc. is the exact opposite of the goal of Threads, and that is to provide raw data that normally would be very hard to access in the mainstream media to those who want to research, dig deeper, and find out more. Thanks for listening to the Daily Inc. Update.